Hi, it's Bill Woodson, Dean of Outreach and Chief Diversity Officer here at New College of Florida. Uh, it's always a pl pleasure to get back with you, Stephen, and uh, talk about real things happening on campus. Uh, of course, Making a Better New is a podcast production uh, a concept from the Committee on Campus Climate and Culture. And the podcast was created to pass the microphone to members of the community that don't always get heard and to model having real talk and, and challenge each other while remaining respectful. So I think today, today we're talking about how to talk to your family about social justice, right, Stephen? Uh, what, what made you want to talk about that? Yes, sir. So in 2017, I moved to the United States. Uh, my mother remarried. So I have a much bigger family now. And moving to the U.S. comes with U.S. traditions. One called Thanksgiving, which I wasn't really sure used to used to it. And for the first time, I had Thanksgiving dinner with family that I didn't come from the same background as them, didn't grow up in the same place as them, but they were my family now. And it was really hard navigating issues, you know, being someone that attended a liberal arts institution was very liberal uh, and involved to have these conversations with people from a completely different point of view. They're from, uh, we live in Virginia, more on the rural side, conservative leaning, and there was always this tension. And I wanted to find out how to break this tension without breaking a table. Oh, Stephen, I want to give you something, man, because that tension at Thanksgiving, that's an American tradition. It is not uh, restricted to blended families. That, that tension can come with, you know, folks you grew up with all your life. Uh, I definitely have some issues uh, and things that we know not to discuss at my family's uh, Thanksgiving table. So especially with extended family, with uh, brother and sister who are, believe it or not, very conservative. And so I, I feel what you're saying that, that how do you navigate that Thanksgiving dinner table conversation? My mom, you know, was born in South Vietnam. Her birth certificate says South Vietnam, not Vietnam. We're talking about somebody that was, you know, that came to America because her side lost, you know, they lost to communists. And for her son to be a socialist leftist communist is always going to be a, like, how did I, you know, how did we come to America to go to come to a capitalist country of opportunity and my son. So there is always that dynamic of where she feels is very personal. And I don't, cause I just feel like it's economic talk. And usually I've been on the back end where I felt personally attacked but now it's the opposite end of like, well, I have to be be careful of what I say because what I say may, you know, activate a memory or something personal because there was conflict. There was an ongoing war over this ideology. So something that's theoretical to me is personal to her. So a lot of times we focus on how people's opposing views can be harmful to us as people who are marginalized from one degree to another. But we have to be cognizant of how, how our views may be personally harmful to somebody else. And I don't think there's enough talk about that. Which is whether you're talking social media or whether you're talking over the Thanksgiving dinner table and things start going south and you see that it's going south, what, what's your recovery strategy? What's your track record been pulling those things out of the fire so that you don't damage relationships? My, my, my go-to response with my sister is I'll just sigh and be like, hey, I don't want to talk about this. I would just, just like really reveal the amount of tired I feel. Like, because you are having a conversation with somebody, you know, and I think showing your like human self is like, let's pick this up later. This is not really like just being real. Like you see it going bad. 
this is going in a direction I'm not very comfortable with. And sometimes you'll be hit with, no, I want to continue. And when someone gives you that energy, they're ready for, they're ready for conflict. And when you're trying to, you know, withdraw from a conversation and the other party isn't ready to end the conversation, but you know that the relationship could be damaged by staying in the conversation. Yeah. Navigating that can be really tough because you almost like want to, uh, you know, Hey, look at the pretty picture over there, you know, <laughs> something that just distracts. But, uh, that is, I think, a real talent that I'm still working on, too, is how do I, uh, you've already heard my take on, you know, trying to use a safe word that necessarily may not work. <laughs> but 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 the same concept of pivoting, I like that, you know, ex- expressing some kind of, you know, hey, I'm emotionally drained here. You know, that sigh, whether it's a the the, the letters in a Facebook post or if it's just, you know, kind of just visibly stepping back and and letting people know that, you know, this is a. Uh, a, a emotional uh, 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 effort that uh, is, is is challenging, and it, it's hard, and it's a growing process. You know, even at my age, even at your age, but we decided to spotlight some students, and community members, to see what they think. Nice. I think that's gonna be interesting. Uh, are we going to also help uh, folks out with strategies for navigating those conversations successfully? Yes, we're going to give tips and recommendations, but I will give you a caveat. What worked for them might not work for you. So please don't email me sometime November next year saying, Stephen, I have a bruise. It's not my fault. Your mileage may vary. That's my favorite phrase. (laughs) Exactly. Let's see what they have to say. Let's do it. All right. Hey, uh, my name is Ayola Omalara Kaplan, and I'm a fourth year at New College. How are you doing, Ayola? I'm doing really well. Happy to be graduating this May. So am I. So am I. I'm so happy to have you here on our episode talking about uh, social justice with your family. Um, mm-hmm. It was something that we're both into. We're both into social justice. And, you know, I understand individuals have different relationships with their family about talking about social justice. Um, how do you approach it? Um, so I like to approach it from the perspective that we both, like me and the family member that I'm talking to, we both have different experiences that led us to develop the political beliefs that we have. And we should respect that and not come from the position that, you know, we know more than them. Um, So whenever I try and talk to my family members about politics, I try and make it an equal dialogue rather than like a lecture. Um, And it's easy for me to just kind of go off on tangents, especially when I'm really passionate about something. But I try and make sure that we're both like being heard and both expressing um, how, how we feel about something so that we can continue to have that dialogue again and again. Instead of having the conversation once and then being like, oh, okay, so I'm not going to talk about politics with this family member or something like that. Now, when you said about creating this uh, space of discussion and, you know, equal power where it doesn't feel like a lecture, how do you establish that? How do you establish that this is just a neutral, open conversation rather than a, hey, I want to tell you something? Um, I guess I would approach it from asking them, like, questions about how they feel. So say I'm very passionate about you know prison abolition I would talk to my family members about how they how they feel about prisons and I would talk to them about you know what experiences do they have regarding that issue I'd want to first understand where they're coming from before um, you know going too deep into things and has there been a time where the issue you were discussing w- was very personal and how do you navigate that being personal? 
but also a conversation. Hmm. Well, I guess with family, there it's a better situation because I feel more comfortable feeling emotional and being expressive. And I just feel, um, you know, when you're talking about these types of things with people you don't know, when you start to bring in your emotion to this, they start to dismiss your feelings. But with family, I'm happy to say that I have the um, the privilege to be emotional and they are, they hold space for that. Um, so I think those two things go hand in hand because my family sees me getting emotional about a topic, they, um, that inspires them to research it more. For sure. Um, could you just go back to, um, a story or a scenario in which you had this conversation, maybe things didn't go as well and what you learned from it? Ooh, okay. Um, well, in my family, uh, we share different opinions on, I would say, uh, wealth. Uh, one time we were talking about like the homelessness issue in America. And I come from the position that, you know, homelessness is a systemic issue and we shouldn't place any of that blame on people. Whereas some other people in my family come from the perspective that we all, you know, have the ability, regardless of our situations, to change our um, our financial situation. Um, and that conversation got really heated for me because um, it's hard for me to hear sometimes uh, Stuff like that, because I know that in our society, we're pushed this narrative that, you know, there's the American dream. Everyone can succeed if we try um, hard enough. Um, It's been my experience that some people are trying really hard. And no matter what they do, the system's just designed for them um, to have like a harder time. Um, So with that situation, uh, it's still kind of ongoing. uh, But I think the best thing to do is to try and just bring kind of empathy into it and make it less of like a political issue and more of like a, a human rights issue. Like everyone deserves a bed. Everyone deserves water. Everyone deserves food. So in that situation, the best thing to do was just to find like the common ground. Like what can we agree on as human beings and then move into like a political space? How do you navigate, I would say, strict family hierarchical structures? Uh, So I'm in that situation too. My family is uh, kind of matriarchal. So it's, uh, you know, the older you are, the more you're an authority on various subjects. And part of where I'm Part of what I do is I just kind of like I'm biding my time. I'll be the matriarch in two generations. And when that happens, it'll be my way. (laughs) But uh, so I always try and respect that whenever um, an elder is speaking on a situation. And I definitely if I disagree, I kind of mostly just listen and just um, hold space for for her to say what she has to say, regardless of how I feel. Um, Just because, um, I don't know, when you've lived 60 years, I feel like you deserve some space to talk, even if uh, what you're saying is maybe a bit disconnected from what younger generations are experiencing. Exactly. And and, and that's really one of the hardest things, I think, for a lot of youth, especially when we believe that their views are, are more than dated. Or could be harmful. It, it, it it's it, it's when it comes to family, we have to. Imp- they're they're human as well, and they're our blood, right? Mm-hmm. And it, it, it's hard, but it, it's something we have to do. Mm-hmm. Um, is there anything you'd like to share with the audience? Something specific about talking to your family about social justice? Hmm. Um. I would just bring it back to what I said in the beginning um, that it's important to validate where they're coming from and understand that while you believe they're wrong. Um, they probably think you're wrong because of their experiences that they had. So just understand that they've had a different life than you and that's how they came to where they came to be. So 
the more y'all can share what you're seeing and how you got to the opinions that you got to, rather than just saying what you believe, uh, that's how you can build like um, dialogue and understanding. For sure. And um, I'd like to thank you for your time. Um, today, it's been a pleasure hearing the advice you can give to us and the um, upcoming, you know, second, third, and fourth years. Uh, it's an ongoing process. Um, appreciate it. Oh, thank you so much. This It feels cool to be on a podcast. <laughs> awesome. Right. Hey, Lee, could you tell us a little bit about yourself? Yeah, I'm a second year student, rising third year at New College of Florida. My pronouns are he, they. And I am currently running Tea Party, which is trans club on campus. So I'm just going to hop right in and ask the first question. How do you engage with your family when you talk about social justice? So both of my parents are college professors, um, and they tend to forget that social justice issues apply to actual people and not just in an academic sense. Um, so I approach and engage with them by giving them recommendations for um, like popular media and entertainment that contains ideas that they might not have been exposed to before. Um, and then afterwards, if they want to talk, um, that's how I engage them, especially because most members of my family tend to be older. Um, so I have all of these grandparents and great uncles. Um, and so it's easier to engage with them through that way instead of trying to approach a subject that they haven't been exposed to before because they live in um, a small area and there are not very many people of color or trans people. And would you say your way of communicating with them about these issues is different when it results in issues that affect you versus issues that don't affect you? Absolutely, yes. Um, it is very easy for other people to forget that I don't owe them anything when it comes to my identity. Um, and it is not my responsibility to explain it to them um, the same way it's not my partner's responsibility um, to explain social justice issues to me. Awesome. So you know, you've spoken about how you direct people in different directions and you try to come from their understanding and cultural lens to get your point across. And these are some strategies you've implemented. Um, how did you build those strategies? Did you learn from experience? What was the thing? I'm going to use this when speaking to my family. What was the, the spark? Yeah, so when I was in high school, I was part of the um, GSA, the Genders and Sexualities Alliance, and I was very engaged. Um, and I realized pretty quickly that the easiest way to convey a point was to have other people do the learning if they are engaged. Um, and so for any straight people that came in and wanted to know things, I found it way less easier and way less stressful to just give them the resources and let them educate themselves. Um, because then if it's a good faith effort, then we can regroup and have a conversation about it. Anything else to add, Lee? Um, nope, join Tea Party. We have a lot of fun. Those are some great stories, Stephen. I really enjoyed hearing how students navigate this uh, this challenging 
opportunity uh, slash problem of having real conversations with their uh, parents, with their families about social justice issues. You know, it reminds me of uh, some of the challenges I've had in my own family. Uh, so maybe a little background about me. I'm, you know, in my 60s. I have a couple of uh, younger, uh, one, a younger brother, younger sister. They're a few years behind me. We didn't grow up together. Uh, same dad, different mom. And I'm pretty liberal. They're pretty conservative. Uh, that has definitely meant that when subjects uh, around politics, around values come up, uh, conversations have gotten spicy. Uh, there's probably three areas where we've really uh, touched on that, that cause a few, few sparks, some fireworks. Uh, one of them is around police, uh, police in the community, uh, whether what we're seeing in terms of law enforcement and uh, deaths in police custody, is that emblematic of a problem? And is the problem black people or is the problem policing or is the problem society? Gun control has been one of those areas that's also been contentious. And the pandemic and vaccination is another one of those topics that's been very controversial. And I will tell you, I don't have the formula. I don't have the surefire way to get in and out of a conversation and have everybody still feeling valued and heard and listened to. And I say everybody, because to me, it's really important that not only am I getting my point in, am I representing a topic uh, and being heard, but I also want to make my, uh, the person I'm in conversation with feel heard as well. And I, I have not done well with that. I, I, I will tell you, I've tried, I've fallen short though. I will tell you at one point uh, with my brother and I, he's an ex-police officer, by the way. He's about six, seven years younger than me. Uh, we just didn't talk for like a little bit over a year. And at one point it got so crazy as we would talk about things because the way I processed our conversations, I would come in, in my own mind, being measured, but having a point of view about why policing is coming from a, a really adverse history and is really impacting people in a negative way. And he was, hey, police are good people doing an important job. And the reason that you're seeing these, what looks ugly in these videos is because the use of force is always ugly. And the reason you're seeing black people showing up in these videos on the short end of the stick is because, you know, black people are messing up. And at, at one point I just said, look, we just need to not have these conversations. And if we forget and to slip into a conversation that we should not be having, either one of us should use maybe a, a safe word. And I thought I was being cute, but I think he got offended. I said, you know, our safe word should be, man, shut the F up. And I did not use the letter, I used the word. And I said, that'll be our safe word. And I said, we'll say it with a smile on our face. 
but we'll know we've gone too far. That was like the last conversation we had for like a year. I think he, he felt totally shut down. So that was my fail, okay? That was my, that blew up. But we came back around and I actually opened up a conversation with him. Like I said, months and months, probably a solid year later where I said, you know, I said some stuff that I think maybe it, I came off too strong and I apologize. And we've been able to talk since then. But I will tell you, I don't have it because I'm sure that he thinks that I'm being just as antagonistic as I'm defending my points, as I think he's being ridiculous, frankly, because his position is basically liberals are all crazy idiots. They just want open borders. They just want to let in every immigrant, give away all money to the state and have the state give all the money to the poor people. And that's what a liberal thinks. And clearly that's not where I'm coming from. So I guess this is a, this is a call for help. Maybe to the listeners, maybe they'll call in. If you have some strategies to navigate these tough conversations, please know that it is not just a thing between generations, because I think we can safely say that my siblings and I are all basically the same generation. It's just some things that can be difficult to navigate. And I'm actually listening very closely to these students and their conversations because I still am learning. I'm still learning, Stephen. is a student-run podcast about the Latinx experiences here at New College of Florida and beyond. In our episodes, we interview Latinx students and faculty members seeking to promote visibility, diversity, and connection among our community. Some of the topics we discuss include identity and pronouns, immigration, language and community, and the Brazilian experience. Tune into our episodes for more information. Gracias! Gracias!